A little boy, a baby girl, most precious things in the whole damn world. Diapers, fussing, playing the crime, cradle setting show. Grab a drink, let's go. To host Lauren so and Ryan. So, you want to be a little refresher there? Are you good there, baby? Mm, probably good. I, I've had a fair take amount it, to drink tonight. Take so. it easy. I wouldn't say that, no. Oh, well, for the moment, though, you are. Oh, well, yeah. What are, you, are, what are you drinking there, RG? Well, tonight on the show, I, I'm drinking a, another margarita. Margarita? Mm-hmm. I, I sent a dear wife off to uh, H-E-B with face mask to get me some margarita mix. The heeb. Other things, too. But normally, yes, we shop at a different a different One of the natural grocer grocers. employer. Grocer, grocer. A different grocery store. But the H-E-B is across the street from our house, pretty much. It's a... 30 second drive or whatever um so popped over there to get some cheese it some avocados some margarita mix a little ham for the boy because he doesn't have his ham sandwich every day at lunch he is a monster so strange i i would never have touched a ham sandwich as a five-year-old and that's so all he'll eat he will the turkey dead to him i don't peanut butter and jelly forget about it no it's got to be ham. He, he goes in streaks. Like, he's a streaky person. Like, oh, yeah. For a long time, it was peanut butter and jelly. Then it was peanut butter and jelly was dead to him. And then jelly came, made its way back. But, like, and then ham came back. And we introduced... I'm just glad we introduced mayo to the conversation. Because before, it was bread and ham. I'm like, that can't taste good. There's no, like, moisture or condiment or flavor there. It's just bread and ham. It's so strange. But, hey... Kids, wow. yeah. Kids be kids. Well, so, I'm having a little, uh, a little Texas-grown wine. It's actually I'm not going to say the brand, you know, the folks that make it because I think they're they're good winemakers. This particular wine, I'm just not, I'm just not jiving. You, on. you've been hating on it all I night been long. I've just been like the first three bottles you did not like. <laughs> yes, those first three bottles were what not my favorite. Oh, oh right, <laughs> just pretend. Uh, no, it's just like, eh, it's eh. I'm not, I'm just not. It's not, doesn't seem to be doing it for you very much. No, I, I don't love it. And it's gotten a little better with a little, you know, being open to the air with some food, but I'm just. Well, that's a damn shame. Yeah, it was not cheap. And I was excited about it. Like the, the package was pretty. It's, you know, Texas grown, Texas made. Like it's got a great story behind it. Really trying to support all the local purveyors and makers as much as possible. <sighs> Well, when, crisis. when it's all built up like that, when you've got all those things working for it, it seems like it's going to be a foregone conclusion that it's just not going to be any good. Something's going to go wrong. Yeah, it was, it's a weird varietal, though. It's like a varietal of wine I've never tried before. And it's mm. just, a, just, just an odd flavor. I can't forget. I can't remember what it's called. Skunk grape, it said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Beagle poop I grape. said that sounded odd, but and, you... Yeah, you tried to talk me out of it, but I was bullheaded about it. I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't deviate. It had a nice like constellation pattern on the on the bottle, and you know how I'm a sucker for for good branding. So, yeah, so, yeah, that's what I'm I'm still uh, still working on here. Okay, it's it's fine. <laughs> Great, that's Great. The, that's the best you can say about it. Um, so coronavirus. We were talking about it last episode. We kind of got into the here's how we're coping. Here's some things we think you might like, and then we kind of broke it down on a more of a global sense and our, our broad overview thoughts mm. of the topic but tonight we're going to get a little more granular if you will in what's going on inside our home and how we're actually doing our day-to-day 
with uh, two parents who each have full-time jobs and two children of various ages. They don't have full-time jobs. They, they don't have full-time jobs. It's unbelievable how lazy these children are. <laughs> um, we don't have that grandma around the corner or anything like that to help. So, you know, I guess we'll get into that a little bit, how we're yep. making ends meet. Well, ends are meeting fine. Are, meeting we both fine. still have we're our jobs. So, we're so lucky. We're extremely lucky in terms of of that. Uh, so, you know, I think it's important to mention mention that at the outset. No, of for course. sure. In terms of you know acknowledging that our situation is very very privileged in our comfort level, it is still extraordinarily difficult to deal with life nowadays. How comfortable do you feel? Are you like a little bit on edge that you've got to perform or, you know, maybe things could turn bad at your job or? Um, no, I mean, I work in the grocery industry, which is quite recession proof resistant. I wouldn't say proof. I would say resistant. Uh, we are, you know, my company is a, you know, a higher end, more aspirational brand. So, um, lot you know a lot less uh recession proof than you know an, an aldi or a dollar general might be for instance um but it is still a necessity and an essential industry which is why i like what i i do is that it is essential and it is a part of people's lives every every week we feed people it's you know something i take super personally and and brings a lot of pride for me to what i do um, you know, this is something I touch on in any you know interview I have, or any you know any anything I do where I talk about my my broader purpose in my job is is this is this element that that it, it is super super human and and really personal to many many folks. So um, no, I mean I wouldn't say I'm nervous. I mean I'm always a little cautious. You you want to make sure you're proving value and and doing what you need to do. I had my annual review this week, which went very well, and got a, a wee little, you know, cost of living raise, which is nice, which is so much more than most folks are getting these days. Um, and yeah, I mean, we're, we're not thinking about, you know, declines in business. We're just thinking about how to, how to adapt and how to evolve and what this looks like because the reality is that so much business is turning in this in this situation is turning to online shopping and the the Instacart type delivery services, DoorDash, Instacart, what what have you, what all the all the various brands out there doing this service. And what that means for the industry and for getting food from store to person going forward. Mm-hmm. So it's more how to evolve than, than how to survive, which is a very, just an extraordinarily privileged position. I'm mm. so grateful for that. And so I don't take that for granted in any any moment of my day. Yeah, no. But I, you. Well, you know, we've, I think our CEO at our company has done a great job of continuously communicating to us at least once a week, if not twice, or even three times, like, uh, all company email here's how things are going like it's been mostly positive and i think those reinforcements are helpful and you know i just doing everything i can i probably worked harder in april than i have any previous month trying desperately anything i can think of thinking outside the box to like keep things afloat in my department so it doesn't completely tank um i think people are gonna understand that like Revenue is not going to be where it was a couple months ago or whatever, but you know, 
I, I still want to do the absolute best I possibly can and just in case sort of thing. So, I don't know. I'm not necessarily worried. But there's just this extra little bit of emphasis on, mm, I should probably try to put in this extra half hour after the kids go to bed or something like that if I if I possibly can. Yeah, you've definitely been working more hours and been more, pers- you know, persistent and specific about I need to do this I need to do this so we've been more we've had to change our our work patterns obviously substantially but also more so like you know for you to give you space to ensure that you have what you the time you need to get your work done I'm just it's just challenging working from home and having the kids around most of the time and getting and having the time to focus and the space to focus on that stuff I know I've certainly struggled in terms of that as well like there's so much instead of doing on the couch at night and it just feels like your work just for me it feels like I'm just like working all the time but I'm not working very efficiently and I hate that because I'm just like doing tiny bits of work constantly not mm-hmm. ever really knocking a project out or checking the list it's like oh yeah I'll work five minutes and then I'll break for ten minutes and I'll work five minutes and break for five, you know, and just like get pulled away constantly and it's hard to get focus. So let's walk through a typical day here at our house. Sounds great. So kids are usually up. I mean, it's it varies just incredibly differently from day to day. Today they were up closer to seven, but other days this week they were up around five. So it just, you never uh, know. You never yeah. know. Um, fingers crossed that it's going to be later, but, you know, 6.45, if they... If one of the kids wakes me up at 6.45, I'm like, oh, wow, okay, cool, I'll take it. That's sleeping in, baby. Absolutely. Get yourself a stew. Morning is uh, Arrested Development reference. Nice. Um, You know, the mornings are getting the kids off to uh, school. No, wait. The morning is getting one kid off to school. Um, Our daughter, 18 months old this week, a year and a half this week. No, baby. Um. Her school, since we last spoke, has reopened. It was closed for two whole two, weeks. Only two essential workers, and because of my employment in the grocery industry, which is you know a very essential industry, uh, I have an essential service letter, and you know all the paperwork and such um, that qualifies us to utilize them. They didn't open up to everyone. It was only a few, a few kids. But doesn't my non-essential status negate your essential status? <laughs> uh, <I> and <mean>, they're like, <laughs> what about Ryan? Can't he watch the kids? They weren't going to... They, they, I didn't get that question. I'm sure that they weren't going to grill you too much. I'm sure they want as many kids as they can have and not the other way around, right? They're not going to... I mean, I think it would be one thing if, it, if you know... Both our kids? I, I don't know. I'm not going to argue that too much. Like, there's, she's in the in the baby class still. There's one other kid in the baby class. There's two kids in a whole room. Like, so there's plenty of distance when it needs to happen. Like, it's not like there there's tons of kids and germs tripping over each other. No, it's very separated when it needs to be. And and I'm just I'm grateful that we we have that they did open it up on a limited basis it's a much reduced schedule every day um, but thank goodness that it is open and I think they also had they had to limit it in some ways for their staff because I think they had staff that didn't want to be open 
Mm-hmm. Well. But, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with you, but also I'm just grateful that it wasn't an issue for us. No, I know some people out there listening, no doubt, are like, hmm, I wonder what if I... If I would send my kid back to school if they opened up, and we know neighbors around here, and I've had people ask me like, "Oh wow, you you sent her back? Oh, hmm, interesting. I I don't think I would have done that." And we've had neighbors who like pulled their kid out of their school that never closed and things like that. But to me, like I I feel like I know this school very well, and I know the extreme precautions they're taking, and how few kids are actually there. And uh, mm-hmm. it was a no-brainer for me. I never even gave it a second thought, really. Well, I think for us, like both of us working and not able to take time off or take a leave of absence, like it's a calculated risk that we're taking on, knowing that we're not interacting with you know, grandparents, like that we are otherwise sheltering in place and really not interacting with anyone. It's a calculated risk that we had to take in order to keep our lives going. Like, and I'm, and we, we talked about that and, and are comfortable with that extent of that limited exposure for her to, you know, two other people in a day. So we're she's... All, always wearing masks and are sanitizing and not touching common surfaces and doing all these, you know, various things that are being advised for folks. And we know that we, yeah, we trust that the, the owner and the staff that run it are working super closely with public health officials and, you know, safety and sanitation to make sure that we're mitigating the risk as much as possible. Yeah, exactly. So we drop her off. Um, there now opens at eight 30. It used to be seven 30. And they used to close at 5.30, now it's 3.30. So very limited hours, but it is still seven hours. That's seven hours where basically from 8.30 to 8.45-ish, we can start our work days. And then at 3.15 to 3.30-ish, one of us has to you know end our work day to go get her. So at least we're getting in seven hours. Now, I'm, honestly, I haven't even been taking a lunch break really at all. I'm just more or less trying to work straight through get seven solid hours in as close as i can possibly come to a full work day Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. while she's gone which means um you know people are probably wondering what about the boy what in the world is going on with him during this time well it's been a little bit of a roller coaster um yes i don't know if we want to get into that right now does that make sense to talk about that now or continue on with our our agreed upon script we'll keep going down the script okay so we'll get back to the boy in a little bit we have a whole timeline on how the kids thing went here but basically (laughs) so okay we've got babies dropped off and toddlers dropped off then we kind of do our work thing and then around 3 30 baby comes home and then it's like all hell breaks loose and then the rest of the night is you know someone's one of us continues to work for a little while while the other one watches the kids um lauren does 99 to 100 percent of the cooking for dinner while <laughs> i'm what does that mean like you, there's a couple of times you, where you we like stare at a pan <laughs> no i mean we did take out a couple of times <coughs> i know it's like what would that one percent be in terms of like the division between the two of us like you just like look pressed down on a toaster ones. <laughs> oh, I'm just I'm just laughing at the at the percentage. Not well, I don't. Again, I mean, it's who like, has it? I mean, like, who has it easier now? 
the cook or the one who's entertaining children? Probably. I don't. I probably don't, me. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Like the and and we have a push. And, it's a push and pull of like of, of chores and delega- and things and housework and just the business of keeping a house running. Like I just I laughed the ninety nine percent of like what would equal one percent. I was thinking of, of takeout, not me cooking. I was thinking of takeout. Oh, honey, I'm sorry. I was thinking at the time that we did it. We had hard eating takeout the other night. It was very harsh to that. You seemed like you're giving me a hard time. It was more, it was less about, it was not about you. It was about the actual specific 1%. Like, what does 1% of of a week's worth of cooking, what does that equal? I don't know. In terms of workload. I just, that was was the funny thing. And probably meant 90, 90%. No, and that's fine. Like that would be more appropriate to take up, but like the nine, the one percent of like, what yeah, does okay. that? What does that mean? Like, ah, I, I, I put peanut butter on toast one day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just that's what was funny to me. Not, not. Hey, I about, get the napkins and the drinks sometimes. That's the one percent. You want to know what the one percent is? That's what the 1%. sometimes you get napkins and drinks. There you go, and the Man, silverware. Like, just like, and clearing the table. Okay, I'm gonna take that all the way down to ninety five percent because. Napkins, I, drinks, silverware. I make the boy clean. You said cooking, not the whole meal prep and execution. And I make the boy load the dishwasher with his stuff. So oh, if well, you don't do that, that's, he's doing that's the on you. All right. Then well, man, after like, dinner, it is, it is buck wild. Like once we get the food on the table, like how much time it takes to get like drinks and napkins and silverware out of the kitchen. It just feels like. And then, like, let's and you don't one throw of us, that term "buck wild" around every day. That I, comes out I only on. I actually do. I use that a lot. I know, but I mean it. It's like, yeah. But how do we sit down? Like, the kids have already been eating for at least five minutes, and they're like, "I need water. I need ketchup. I need fucking something." Because I'm a five year old. And then we're like, one of us is like, "Fine, I'll get up." I literally sat down 0.7 seconds ago, but sure, I'll get up again because your legs are clearly broken. Oh no. They're not. You're just a lazy fuck kid, and you don't know how to do anything for yourself yet. Apparently. Mm-hmm. Growl. Well, okay, we and get through the whew, dinner stage. Whew, Goodness I, I got gracious! Stuff out right there. I feel a lot better. How Kids' bedtimes. Then we got a couple hours, Kids. and we go to bed. That's yeah. our day. Go to so, bed. What, when we're actually at home, <laughs> what changes have happened around here? Um. Things are different now than before. I think anybody who passed by our yard normally would notice that it looks Is it, better than before. So good. For a while there, you were making a point to do yard work every night after dinner. I kind of lost my my drive. Like it seemed like I didn't know what to do after a point. Like it was like there was so many leaves to to, to bag up. Now I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do. And like the point where I can go out there, it's usually kind of getting dark and i want to have a plan so you need to just like find a project to work on mm-hmm. so i can keep doing that because i really did enjoy that it was very good for yeah health, it was good I... health, like just all the things it was good for it was yes we yeah. need to figure something out there and the other thing i noticed was that we didn't take very many walks before now we're taking walks every day every day yeah and as a matter only, of sanity, and and I mean, like we're just hanging out outside in the yard more, way more often. I think that it's not just us. I mean, we see way more people outside than we did before in our neighborhood, and uh, as a result, our son, who had tried numerous times and failed at riding his bike, 
something just clicked during this pandemic His where legs started working. He got bored enough or something, and he <laughs> just fashion. he just figured it out. One day he just I can ride a bike now. Of course, this opens up a whole other kettle oh. of challenges because he doesn't. He thinks he is hot shit on wheels, and I'll just bike in the middle of the road. Going a block and a half ahead of us, not listening to us. There's a car coming. We're screaming our fucking heads off, running after him. He's like, what? Oh, it's so frustrating. Yeah, from literally his third day of riding a bike, he was going down a pretty major road directly at a car. And the car stopped, and he stopped, and they just had, like, played chicken for a minute. And then the car finally honked, and then he, like, slowly did a U-turn and came back towards me. I'm like, get back! He thinks he, yeah, he thinks he's fucking a hot shit, and yes. doesn't realize even. Doesn't, That's oh. a whole other episode. We can do a bike episode. Oh my god, yes. I don't want to hang up too much on bikes here because we got a lot it's of stuff to cover. It's such a thing, but. though. It's such a thing, and oh, I've screamed. I'm mostly so very many times at him. Mostly very proud of him and everything. They finally got it because I was. We saw my sister who has much older boys, like by three years and six years older than our son who are still trying to learn to ride their bikes and she talked about wanting to gouge her eyeballs out with a dull kitchen knife before (laughs) teaching another kid to ride a bike again so impressive and so i was like we're in the same boat we're in the same boat our son can't do it either and then bam the next day he took off so i don't know it's just a matter of will anyway have we actually gone anywhere during this time I went to the grocery store today, and that was exciting. Sadly, that kind of is. That's the. I mean, well, actually, I did. I did several things today. I picked up Whoa. the girl, and I went to a friend's house. I had borrowed Whoa. their waffle maker, and I dropped it off in a bag. I did a no contact drop off. Oh. And uh, texted that I was like, "Hey, dropped off your waffle maker." And they came outside, and we talked from about you know twenty feet away for. Five ten minutes, which is nice. I think I've noticed this recently. You know, since the the quarantines, shelter in place, whatever started, of like everyone seems to be like when you have have human contact, you're like, oh my god, hi, hi. Let's just all of the words, all of the things. Let's talk. Oh my god, I just, I need to talk to someone else besides my immediate family who I share my house with. Like everyone's just like itching to have contact outside of their families mm-hmm. uh, and i've done that too where i've like seen someone walk by the house you know sitting in the house through the window and like run to the door but like hi let's talk and mm-hmm. not what i would normally do in the past i've been like oh look so-and-so's walking by they look, they're on a walk cool now i'm like oh my god i have to go talk to them I have to just acknowledge, you know, we're humans and we need the, this contact. What about you? Yeah. Um, have you felt the same way in terms have of I gone see- anywhere? seeing people and just wanting to have that contact? Mm, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I haven't really experienced that too much yet. Um, I think the only times I've left the house, really, I did a, a couple of grocery runs. and uh, You're going yeah, to go to Home Depot tomorrow. That's a big trip. Well, we'll we'll see. um, Getting crazy. I did go to my office once. Um, There was a day last week where I did a lunchtime uh, takeout order at the Franklin Barbecue in Austin, which is renowned as one of the great barbecue places in the world, if not number one overall. And we did a big takeout order there. So I 
dropped the girl off at school. I drove downtown. I did two hours in my office all by myself, of course, isolated. And then I went and picked up that barbecue. And that was like, it was so weird being on I-35 heading towards downtown Austin at 9 a.m. and going 65, 70 miles an hour. It was so weird. Barely another car on the road, I assume. It's like, even on Sundays or something, you can't do that. Oh, my gosh. Well, maybe middle of the night on like a Tuesday night at 4.13 a.m. or something. Maybe you can do that. But yeah, in daylight so, on a so regular rare. weekday, it was so weird. And it was really enjoyable. Um, that's really the furthest I've gotten. I, I mean, have I seen any other friends? No, I didn't. We have our neighbors across the street that we've said hi to, of course. But that's about it. Um, yeah, yeah nothing. people walking by in the street pretty much uh, the extent of the socialization. Yeah, and I, I, I think being around you guys here at the house is enough, really. I mean... <laughs> You and the kids. Zoom hangouts and the socialization stuff we talked about last time. Sadly, I mean, it's kind of strangely, not sadly, but like, I I mean, I haven't really had any alone time during this, which I know like some friends and some family and stuff, they have nothing but alone time and are craving any human interaction. But I mean, we do have nothing but interaction Non-stop from morning till night. No break from interaction, truly. There has been no break. I mean, I had that two hours at my office that day, and I, if I didn't have so much work to do, I would have just gone up on the patio on the roof and just sat there and stared out into space in silence for two hours. That that would have been way more desirable, but as a result, there's been too much to do. Um, Yeah, it's interesting. On that point, like I was talking to a colleague of mine who is, you know, a single person who lives alone, no kids. Just as a cat, uh, and I started to complain about you know the the kids just kind of drive me crazy, and you know I, I stopped because I don't like to complain. I, you know I I we're blessed to have children. I I love them you know absolutely with every fiber of my being, of course. And she kind of pushed me to like acknowledge that it's it's hard and they're driving me crazy. And then she said you know like she's like she's like I haven't had a hug or a handshake or a high five. I haven't had anything in weeks because she lives alone and that, how hard that is and and how, you know, that, how deep that isolation feels. And I, it, you know, while I didn't, she wasn't saying it to make me feel bad or, you know, to shame me for complaining. It was really just an acknowledgement of how uniquely difficult both of those situations are. Like everyone is, everyone is all or nothing at this point. Oh, yeah. It's either all your family all the time with no breaks or you are by yourself all the time <laughs> with no breaks yeah. from yourself. And I'm sure most people have had some grass is greener sort of oh yeah feelings like who who amongst the family types has been like mm, that person over there all isolated by themselves has that it pretty good. That sounds nice. <laughs> and the people isolated are like I, I'm done. I'm done. I'd rather be around people. And I've heard it from one of my friends in Minnesota who <coughs> is a 38 year old bachelor and <coughs> You know, he's thinking of going back to his parents' house and living there because he's getting so, I don't oh. know, like depressed. Yeah. Being alone. It's got to be so hard. I mean, it sounds fun for a while. And I haven't, I mean, you and I. But we're in the thick of like, had a we haven't had a like break in ages. Like, we have to lock ourselves in a bathroom to get a break. Yeah. That sounds amazing. But mm-hmm. days, weeks on ends with no, no end in sight. Oof. It's so, so all of it's so hard. Skipping ahead a little bit, we were going to talk about kind of the timeline here. 
as far as the kids go, and we've talked about some of this already, we'll skip through some of it, but we'll have to dig a little deeper on others. Um, basically, first of all, we were on the spring break trip with our friends in um, just a couple hours here from Austin when we found out schools were going to be canceled. So we get back home from this trip, and immediately our thoughts, and you would have heard it a couple episodes ago, were what are we going to do with the kids? And our, basically what we ended up doing was hiring a babysitter to watch them in the mornings. And that seemed like it was going to be a pretty good plan for a while. Now, this was like four or five weeks ago, right? When it wasn't like a taboo thought to hire a babysitter to come over and watch them. Yeah, things have changed a lot. Things change daily, it feels like. But you know, at that point, the, the baby was not in daycare and the boy was out of school and our jobs were showing no sign. Our job, my job, you know, is in grocery industry was was crazier than ever because people were. It was the full on hoarding stage of people just going crazy, trying to buying everything off the shelf and panic buying. And so, on that procurement supply chain side, things were crazier than ever. Um, and you're job was crazy too and we did we just needed support and you know we we've done our due diligence and you know had honest conversations with with folks about who have given us child care you know both with daycare and babysitters that have supported us in this time in terms of what we're doing for social isolation and what they're doing and and you know incorporating those people into our small very 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 small circle at this time so yeah yeah so babysitter entered the picture we found someone through a connection of another babysitter and so absolutely yeah so she she came over the idea was she was going to come monday through friday she was going to do eight to noon with both kids and then the kids would eat lunch and then the our toddler would go down for a nap for a few hours while the boy would get a little TV time. And then like 3, 3.30, you know, they'd we, one of us would just have to, we'd just have to split up the time after that. One of us does one day, one does another, or an hour here, an hour there, whatever. So that was the plan. Before any distance learning plan came from yeah, the school no. or anything, it was just like hang out during the day we we need to fill your time with something other than television yeah it was it was an okay arrangement i could tell it wasn't really great for anyone though because a one-year-old and a five-year-old it's very difficult for that babysitter i felt for a little bit to try to occupy both of their attentions at once the things that she wanted to do for the one-year-old our five-year-old was not into and vice versa so she kind of just ended up like walking them down to our starbucks in the neighborhood and like sitting there and in the parking lot for three hours every day, which I don't know. That was they were out of the house, we were getting work done. I didn't really care. They seemed fine. But then the girls' daycare reopened, of course. And that changed everything. So we sent her back to school. And then the boy was home by himself. And uh I think the babysitter called in sick one day for some reason. She thought she had like pink eye or something. And we said, okay, well, that's fine. Uh, our son can just hang out and do his own thing. And he had a great day. Like, wasn't he Very like well super, behaved, yeah. so self-sufficient, just so so positive and like, wow, is this how he's Independent, actually? Independent, yeah, he was great. Could he really do this every day? 
And I think it went so well. And we just, I think on that very next day, we were like, I don't know that you need to really come anymore. I mean, our son seemed like this was perfectly manageable. I mean, with a one-year-old at school, we don't, we don't need it anymore. And then, obviously, after the cut was made, he day revolted. Day two and day three were <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Very, very bad. Yeah, he, he was not so self-sufficient after all. Maybe it was all a ploy to get rid of the babysitter. I don't know. But it didn't go well. And we were kind of back to ground zero. And uh, I think he sat home alone for, what, a week or two? Oh, no. It, Just was, a, it was a whole it week. It was a week. Yeah, yeah. one week. Of just hanging out and both of us trying to work. <laughs> trying to, no, trying to homeschool and do the distance learning too, for sure. But yeah, it was like we had to split it up for a couple of days. Lauren took these hours, I took these hours, and it just wasn't working. There was a couple of days where I had calls pretty much like 8 to 5 and he would just be down at Ryan's desk like whining and begging for attention and, and help and whatever else constantly. It's just, just miserable for everyone. And we start thinking we could really use a babysitter again. And we probably could have gone back to the same babysitter, but I think we needed a change. We needed more of like a tutor to help him with his schoolwork. And it were... It, jogged my memory that during my initial search for babysitters we had found someone an older woman who lived just down the street from us completely isolated lived alone only all she was doing was like walking someone's dog i thought man this seems like a really good situation she normally her job pre-pandemic was caring for like special needs children at a school so we brought her in and she and our son really hit it off and uh, it was a great match. They sit there every morning from 8.30 to noon and just pound through schoolwork, um, play games, and listen to them bicker about the rules of Uno and stuff. <laughs> it's, it's great. It's actually a really, really, really good arrangement for both of them. I mean, there's been some ups and downs. He's, but... he's five. He's stressed. He's tired He want, of the situation. He wants to see his friends. He's, he, wants, he wants to go back to school. Like... Who can blame him? Who can blame him? They can't really fully wrap their heads around this yet. Well, Um, I mean, he gets it. Like he's like, oh, we can't do that because of coronavirus, and we're like, yeah, but he still misses it. Like it's still hard. Oh yeah. He doesn't have the outlets that we have in terms of like texting or emailing. Like the the friendships aren't aren't at that plate. He's he's five. That doesn't. It's not what it's like. It's they want to shoot water guns at each other, not text or even have a video call is still weird so his last day of school is 35 days ago and the last time he interacted with someone his own age was like 30 31 days ago on that spring spring break break. trip it's been an entire month since our five-year-old has interacted with anyone ages three four five six seven (laughs) or or really really basically outside of our immediate family and so to a great extent I get where he's coming from when he has days like today where he was completely out of his mind and rude to everyone and yelling at the babysitter and uncooperative and whatnot. I, I, I kind of get where he's coming from. Like he's, what would you do? You know? Yeah. But he's stressed. Yeah. Um, I think that I think the challenge is, and I feel this as 
a mom, uh, like the, there's this narrative on, you know, on the internet of like, you know, everyone's dealing with the, the same kind of, kind of shit and narrative is like, oh, you're, you're, you know, like, let them watch as much TV as they want. Let them eat what they want. Let them do whatever they want. This is a stressful time. You don't need to put expectations on them because, you know, it's just creating stress in your life. But the reality is for like, I mean, at least kids, you know, five, like the more TV he watched watches the more like shitty he is the more like bratty and unpleasant and like the more he refuses to do anything other than watch tv so we have to be really careful about how much he watches because the more he watches the greater extent which any time he's not watching tv he is an absolute monster to everyone he encounters and i just don't want our interactions like when we only have the four of us really I can't have that interaction be just constantly screaming, hitting, throwing, biting, whatever. Like, just, like, 100% nastiness. Like, as much as that that message is nice of, like, you know, parents, give yourself a break. Like, let them watch TV. Do whatever they want. When what he wants to watch is some fucking wrestling show on YouTube that makes him crabby. No, like that doesn't. That's not helpful advice. I'm yeah. sorry. It, it 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 it's not. There's no way to let him watch his Kid City show on YouTube, which Fuck. is a father and son, not unlike and, myself I mean, it's, and it's him. A, it's it's a family of four too. Like the mom and the daughter get in there yeah. sometimes. It's but. mostly like the father and son, yes. and they yes. sit there and they Correct. play their wrestling game on PS4, and whatever you know they're playing a game and it looks fun to me honestly and like i would like to or i would like to play with our son but there's no way that this ever ends well if you put that on for him it does not end well there's no way you can turn it off at any point where it won't end in a meltdown you could let him watch for two minutes you could let him watch exactly one video you could let him watch for two hours you could just plan him on the tv unsupervised for a day when it has to go off it's a freaking meltdown punches screaming that his day is ruined as soon as it comes off so as much as i like to be able to put him in front of a tv from time to time while i'm packing lunches in the morning or whatever it may be ugh, it's uh you're just buying we're just buying trouble we, we know every it even if we have time. to do it we know we're just buying pain and suffering and trouble for later on when he is this little nightmare now somebody out there probably has some advice oh we do this at home and this system and that and i don't know you know if you have something that really works and you're in the same situation sure we're all ears you know um hit us up we're just we're in a trial and error scenario this is not a this is a totally unprecedented scenario situation and we're just doing the best we can of course and I'm not judging anyone who wants their kids watch TV. I'm just, and I would love to, it's not about the TV itself. It's about the effect that TV has on that child. I don't think it's even and TV. It, it's just that one program. <laughs> it's so just it's Kid a, City. It's a lot of programs too. Like, it's just also, I mean, maybe you're right. I don't know. I think, yeah, that's debatable. But I think a lot of it has to do with that wrestling show because he gets super aggressive after that. Yeah, some of the things he does to his little sister after seeing that show are not okay. So, gra- so disturbing. It's yeah. like, this was a pretend video game. You know that, right? Those weren't real people. I don't, I don't think he's figured that out. You can't grab your 
little sister by the neck and throw her around like that character on the video game. Ugh. Yeah, anyway. Um, mostly, though, it's been pretty positive. The bike, the tutor, he's doing his schoolwork. He's so good, like incredibly advanced with math. Oh my really, God. really it's, good it's at really numbers. It's really impressive. You can, the math he can do in his head is amazing. I mean, he's adding triple-digit numbers. Like, he could easily do, like, a kind of an easier triple-digit one. Like, what's 110 plus 102? Like, he could do that. Yeah. But he's at the same out, time, like... I mean, that's, like, in the last week or so. Like, I feel like last week we played Uno and he was... You know, like, the skip cards are worth 20 or whatever. And he would be like, oh, I have about eight... And a five, that's 13, and a skip card, and he would count on his fingers for the next 20. And in, like, a couple days, he was like, oh, that's, you know, 13 plus 20 is 33. And the subtraction. amazing. And a little bit of multiplication, even. So he's, like, really advanced math. I think the other side of it is, like, eh, you know, reading stuff, like, A little eh. behind. He's still doing well. He's fine, but it's, like, he's probably on pace reading and spelling and that, but... Number-wise, very, very good. Very advanced, yeah. And then the girl, you know, she's just aging, I guess. No real... She's so stinking cute. Pretty man. cute. She's... Saying a few more words. She can do her little noises of animals. You ask, she can run through about a list of a dozen animals and do the noises and things like that. And it's super cute. But... Always. Oh, man, she loves Elmo. Like, she asks for Elmo pretty much constantly. And sometimes we'll let her watch Elmo, but she doesn't want to watch Elmo. She wants to watch, like, Sesame Street songs sometimes. Other times she wants what Baby Shark. I think Elmo is videos to her. Yeah. Oh, I think. But so. it's also Elmo because <laughs> like she has. A, we have this little Elmo. It's like a little tiny suitcase. It has like plastic letters in it. You put in letters in the little slots, and she knows that's that's Elmo. But <laughs> Elmo is also videos. Yeah. It's, well, it's in very her head. Complex. Yeah. And I. <coughs> I'm thrilled that for the first time somebody appreciates my Elmo voice because I feel like at least the boy did. The boy appreciated it. No, he didn't. He's he's too used to it now. Like no, I was doing, and he was her age. He appreciated it. I can do all the Sesame Street voices to some acclaim. <laughs> I won third place in an actual talent show. I beat someone who was on America's Got Talent for real in a talent show doing Sesame Street voices because I can do them all spot on, and I know you all want to hear them now, but uh, <laughs> but. You know, I can do them all. Like, oh, I'm a monster here. I'm Save a- it. If you give us, oh, it's me, give us five Ryan. bucks on Patreon and Ryan will do them for oh, you. Ryan, save it for the Patreon. Come on. Well, anyway, I can do them all. Grover monster here. Ryan, you're giving me all the money. Uh, the but, girl. But our daughter really, like, there's certain books that if I read to her in my voice, she's like, no, no, no. And I have to do it in the Elmo voice. Oh, Elmo says, touch your nose or whatever. And then, oh, yeah. But if I say, Elmo, touch your nose. No, no, no. Oh, so yeah. Finally, she's there's so somebody... cute when she says no. <laughs> no, no. Oh, enjoy it now. So cute. Yeah, no, for sure. Now it's super cute. I just think it's just, she's extra cute because we know she's like, we're not having more babies. She's our last. So she, everything she do is extra cute. And then there's the dog. The fucking beagle dog. We're a little upset with him right now. Um... We had a, our son had a little tummy ache the other day and had a little puke on the couch. No big deal. He was fine, but. And the couch cover's unzipped, so that's no no stress there. So we had to take the 
cushion cover or the cover off the cushion and wash it. But in the meantime, like this dog decided to nest in the cushion and just like rip the shit out of this thing. It's just a pile of foam now. So there's that. And then oh, he he's you know, we talk about it all the time. He escapes all the time. You it is not crack. He bolts. Yeah, he, he will break his neck. Hills. He will leap. He will he will absolutely injure himself to get through a sliver of daylight through a door. And it's not an exaggeration to say that he escapes from our home every single day, at least once. If not three times. Every day. And it's always somebody different who finds him. Sometimes it's the same person, but it's usually I mean, a some, new person. Sometimes they'll just be in our yard and, and we'll just coax him back in the house or into the car and lie to him. Baxter will go for a ride in the car. But, he'll jump in the car and we'll just pull him out of the car into the house. And Yeah, no, we're not going for a ride in the car. The other me. night, he... Um, no, he's looking at me like, oh, car? The other night, he we had him out in the yard and he escaped and we... You know, we weren't paying a whole lot of attention to him. He wasn't tied up or anything, but we were kind of all just milling around out in the yard, and he wandered off apparently at some point. And it got to be an hour, hour and a half, maybe two hours went by. <laughs> like, where is Baxter? He should. Normally, somebody calls within five minutes. It rarely takes more than five minutes for a phone call. And we were going in two hours here. I was like, well, I guess we either write him off or. He's either deceased or he's. <laughs> Maybe in your car? Yeah, it, got, it dawned on me like, oh yeah, the kids were playing in the car earlier. Could he be in the car? And during dinner, I walk outside, open up the door, and sure enough, he's like sitting behind the steering wheel. He did start to look a little anxious. It was it was warm. It was it was, it was no. It was like sixty it, degrees. It was, it was, a, it was if there was ever a day to lock a dog in a car for two hours, that was the day. <laughs> it wasn't too hot or too cold. There's never a day to do that. But oh, that was the day. It was not tragedy that day. No, it was a good day for that. He he was perfectly fine, 65 degrees, whatever it was. And I think it's like 70 degrees that can kill a dog. Like, above above 70, it's dangerous. Oh. Well, then or he a was, human. Well, then he was fine, because that was a perfectly good temperature. <laughs> it was the very edge of perfectly Still, good. Still, I, I mean... All right, all right. I thought that he was gone, and then, oh yeah, the car. That's right. Anyway, um, so what's next? What's next for us? Um, I guess we just have to kind of sit here and wait and see what happens. I mean, we're in Texas where, you know, we're a red state and I fully expect that they'll, you know, be one of the first states to open things back up. It's true. Our state legislature and governor seem to do whatever they can possible to give the old middle finger to the city of Austin in addition to like the other big cities of Dallas and Houston who tend to be more progressive and and more conservative, you know, actually more conservative in this regard in terms of keeping things closed. Um, But it's, it's funny because at the same time that the governor of Texas today announced, you know, measures to slowly reopen the Texas economy and they also announced that schools would be closed through the school year which seems like highly contradictory measures, in my opinion. Like, they're acknowledging that they need to keep schools closed, but they should open up the economy, which, yeah. Well, just it was little by little. It wasn't like, bam, all stores are open. I think they said all stores are allowed to do, every single store is allowed to now do curbside orders or 
something like that. Takeout orders or... I don't think anything actually changed today. It was like, and if once X thing happens, Y thing will go into place. Like Y, you know, accommodations or whatever. But it just seems like so self-contradictory to say like, oh, we're going to open up these things when this happens. We're not going to open the schools. So like, you know, for a lot of people, childcare, you're just totally fucked. Like indeterminate amount of time, you are just on your own. So people who like rely on school and stuff to be their childcare, how are they gonna work? It's the it's the whole package. It's the whole fucking package of why this is so deeply problematic for for almost everyone. Yep. Well, <sighs> I for one am uh, in the kind of the I wouldn't say doomsday outlook, but I just don't think that what we saw before ever is coming back. I, I don't think that the world that we lived in on March 1st or whatever, I don't think we'll see that again. I think it's completely over. And by that, I mean, I don't think, I think a lot of the businesses that we took for granted are going to be gone. I mean, the unemployment, I I think that it's just going to be, the country's going to be like a third unemployed and crime is going to be crazy. And I just, it's not going to be the same. Nothing's ever going to be the same. Kind of sad, but Maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe we'll make a triumphant return to normalcy someday. I mean, I hope the major things do change. I mean, I think I mentioned last episode. Sure, like, yeah. Health insurance and social safety net and global warming are major issues that no one was dealing with on a substantial level. And so if we can get to a place where we are dealing with those things, then that will be really positive and really necessary for our continued survival. Yeah, some I some good could come from in terms of that coming to fruition because I feel like the powers that be are so heavily invested in the status quo that they'll push to return to the normalcy that was killing our planet and destroying like so many aspects of human of real human life, not the economy in service of the economy really. Mm-hmm. But you know, I don't know. Yep. Yeah, well. I can only long for the day that we will walk our son to school two blocks down the street and drop him off and return home, drive our daughter to her preschool. You'll head off to your job, and I'll be right back here where I'm sitting right now yes. to work mine alone in a house with this god dang dog at my feet. Mm-hmm. How about at the end of this, let's make an agreement. We'll each take a individual little sabbatical. Oh, thank God. Yes. You will do your thing for a couple days. I don't care what you do. Just You can fly somewhere. You can drive somewhere. You can just go sit in your car. I don't care. <laughs> sit and in then car. <laughs> I will do all the parenting, and as soon as you get back, I will be gone, and I'll do my thing, and then we'll... I mean, as soon as I get back, we'll have a couple, you know, you know, a few days in between to... Spend time together oh, sure. also. Let's plan on something like that. It's, oh, a, it's a deal. That sounds... I don't care where you go. Just get in your car and start driving. doesn't matter to me. So deeply enjoyable. Just come back. Just come back. Of course I'm going to come back. All right, folks. Well. All right. That's All right. what we're do up to. Do you have any uh, wins for the week you want to share? Anything that was... Any parenting wins? Any life wins? Like anything you're proud of you want to share? Boy. This was kind of a particularly rough week. I mean, I 
I have to pat myself on the back for like actually almost making it through a full book in one week, which was pretty good for me. I haven't read a book in a long time. Um, oh, the you boy, read a, an adult book. You read lots of, of eight-page board books. Like you mm, give yourself yeah. credit for those books. Okay. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I guess, I don't know. We'll see what comes with work. But, boy, I... I really did bust it at work this week in the time I put in. I really was pedal to the metal, even more so than normal, trying to get emails out to the masses. Sorry, everybody. You probably don't want them, but you got them. <laughs> I tried my best. I don't know. You? Um, boy, I mean, this is a silly thing, but in terms of, like, conservation, both, like, environmental and fiscal, I was saying that yesterday, like, I threw together a dinner and a moment's notice of a couple different leftovers from a few days and, and some veggies that otherwise would have probably gone bad just if we were, it's the end of a long day, and I was like, oh, I'm tired. Oh, I don't want to do it for dinner. I just, normally I would have been like, oh, let's go take out. Let's go out. Let's do something else. I was like, no, we're not going to do take out. And I found a couple things and threw together a dinner that was good and, and helpful and, you know, used up a ton of leftovers, which is such a small thing to be proud of. But not throwing away food makes me, makes me feel good about what we're doing as a family to conserve our... Our family's resources and our planet's resources. So hey, it's Small. the it's the little things here. Yeah, we're it taking is. a victory lap for the things we would have uh, never given a second and thought. And my sourdough starter is still extremely happy and very bubbly, which is hmm. just nice. something I know nothing of, and I live in this house. So. <laughs> so many things can fall under that radar, and yes, that's true. Alrighty, we've uh, blabbered on long enough here, I suppose, folks. Uh, stay safe. Wash your hands. Good luck. Um, yeah. We'll see you next time. Bye. Follow Ryan on Twitter at RCGlanzer, and be sure to check out other great podcasts, such as Wow, How'd You Get That Job? and The Confident Consumer. All shows available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are available.